This is Kingdom Life, part of the North River Podcast. Jesus summarized the gospel message like this. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. This kingdom Jesus spoke of was not like any earthly kingdom, and it didn't refer to a place or a people in the way we might expect. He was proclaiming that the rule and reign of God was breaking into our world in a new and exciting way, through himself and through the Holy Spirit. For us today, what does it look like to live the kingdom life? In this podcast, we'll be interviewing followers of Jesus, exploring this question, and hearing about what God has been showing them about life in his kingdom. Thanks for joining us. All right, it's great to be here with Jim and Lindsay Long. And uh, guys, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to, to join me. And I'm just so grateful for you guys and just the things that you've been you know, showing me and many other people just in conversations uh, over the last few years. Uh, and so just thinking about being in God's realm and, and living that life under his reign uh, is, you know, I know something that's very important to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you've helped me and, and many others. So just thank you so much for being here. Uh, it's an honor to be here. Yeah, honor to be you asked. Thank us. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah so I, I think it'd be a good idea for, you know, you guys to just kind of introduce yourselves and just maybe tell a little bit about your story and, and how you, you know, became Christians and just even how you've kind of gone into uh, the journey you've been on recently. So I don't know whoever wants to go first. Go ahead. Uh, how much time do we have? <laughs> um, well, I'm Lindsay, and uh, again, thank you for inviting us in. Um, gosh, going back to uh, becoming a Christian, the short story for me is I was searching for God, uh, moved from Georgia to New York in 87, and uh, was up at NYU, met somebody in the dorms who invited me out to a Bible talk. And I went and saw God's word really being lived out by the people who were um, teaching the Bible talk. And that really stood out to me. That was something different. I didn't grow up with any kind of religious background. Mm -hmm. Um, But I knew I believed in God. I knew I believed in who Jesus was. I knew the Bible was meant to be used for something, you know. Um, So when I saw it being lived out, in people's daily lives that really uh, resonated with me. And I was like, this is, this makes sense. Um, so I had studied the Bible and got baptized up in New York in uh, 1987. That was and the year I was born, in New York. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> so this white hair is well earned. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we're going back a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was an exciting time, you know, it was an exciting time in yeah. uh, ministry. I, I was part of, actually part of, I studied with some daytimers at that time. So mm-hmm. I remember you being in uh, the yes. crib. <laughs> right. And for those of you who don't know, the, the daytime ministry was um, something that was for performers, people who were um, working at night. And so, you know, the church met during the day um, so that, you know, they could do this. It was called daytime. And my parents, obviously, as you know, um, we're, we're leading that ministry. And I, I think they said I was like the mascot kind of, you know, just this, this, this kid just tagging along. Uh, but yeah, I have some great early memories um, of, of those, those times. So thank you so much for, for sharing that. Yeah, it was a fun time. It mm-hmm. was a fun time. Awesome. Um, 
going forward yeah. to now. Um, you know, a lot of things with with church and stuff happened. Um, we made a move south here in 2003, moved from New Jersey to uh, Georgia in 2003. Mm-hmm. As a lot of us know, things were sort of uh, blowing up everywhere. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And we kind of stepped back and we're like, okay, we're just going to get a lay of the land. Um, We were a little bit of walking wounded. um, Mm -hmm. And and honestly, I didn't want to be needed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just wanted space to figure out where where am I going to fit. And so that was an interesting time. Mm-hmm. Uh, got busy with our kids and you know we were involved in serving in the kids children's ministries and stuff and um, but just sort of a little bit stepped back yeah you know um, and then it wasn't until the kids really graduated that we just started on this you know there's got to be something more mm-hmm. um, my own personal discipleship was very uh, flat, was very dull. I was in a place of not feeling like I was good enough, like I was bringing enough, like I was experiencing God enough. I mean, even to say that, I wouldn't have said that at that time. I wouldn't have even known what that meant. Um, Hmm. So very dry and got to a place of, is this all there is? Is this what it's going to be like? You know, just kind of eking it out on this walk. And we just, I started pursuing some healing, doing some work on some traumas that happened. And uh, we went to a, um, and this will be part of Jim's story, I'm sure, is um, a restoration of the heart in uh, Denver, Colorado, Hmm. and uh, Colorado Springs. And Hmm. the session on trauma was the most validating thing I'd heard Mm -hmm. in terms of expressing what trauma does to your body what it does to your brain um and it really challenged me to think about how i responded to some some traumas childhood traumas and different things um getting older Mm -hmm. um and it gave me a place to give myself permission to sort of step back and you know i need to do some self-evaluation here this Mm -hmm. is a time i need to give myself to figure out where i am who I am before God, who is God to me, because I know what became clear to me. Um, one of the things that uh, Dan Ellender talked about in that workshop was that you have to come to healing from a place of safety and rest. Hmm. So thinking about pushing healing, trying to, you yeah. know, okay, I need to figure this out. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't push and just make healing happen. Mm. So it was evaluating, so why am I not feeling safe? Mm. I wasn't necessarily feeling unrested, but safety was a word that I was like, there's something there. Yeah. And um, we came back from that, and we were invited in to do uh, a couple Restoration of the Heart workshops here for, for church, and they were just amazing. It mm-hmm. was really resonated with people. Yeah. But I found myself just constantly butting up into this wall of not being able to push past this what what is it what is it and it was mm-hmm. uh, i think we had done one um done a restoration of the heart out in the the georgia baptist center right right and um on the way back from that sitting in the car we were just kind of 
you know, processing the weekend, and I realized that God was not safe to me. Hmm. My own my my perception of God was He wasn't safe. Hmm. I had a perception of Him as a judge, um, always disappointed with me. I was never doing enough for Him. So that struck me, and the minute I said that, um, I know John Eldridge talks a lot about um, breaking agreements, that there are agreements that we make, you know, um, that are lies that we've told ourselves that we just that have started to believe. Hmm. And so when I verbalized that, when I was able to say it out loud to Jim in the car that God is not safe, it was like that agreement broke. Hmm. I was like, that's not true. Yeah. I know that that's not who the God I read about in the Bible. He is safe. Mm. He loves me. And so I just, I sort of stopped and said, okay, God, you have to show me who you are because I've put my own negative self-talk and, you know, projected that onto how God thinks about me. And that just reoriented me, changed everything for me in terms of what does it mean to accept God's love learning that receiving God's love, that's a really hard thing. Yeah. That's not easy for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so through that, we just, hearing terms like spiritual formation and getting into some of these contemplative practices that really encourage you to go, go inside, um, pay attention to listening, stillness. Yeah. You know, there's been a lot. It's amazing how much when you stop the noise and you just sit in stillness, the awareness that God can bring you to of your own inner workings and inner thinking and how he can just, you can experience him there. It's just been a real gift. powerful story um and just to hear you know I, I think a lot of people can relate i'm sure you've experienced that when you've talked to people just just understanding you know the distorted view that we have of god that, that we view of, that we have of ourselves you know i mean people that i'm very close to um have needed to take a step back from being needed you know because for so long that was they had to be on you know what I mean? And they had to give what they couldn't give sometimes, right. you know, because it's like at the end of the day, if I'm not feeling it, like, well, just deny yourself. You know? <laughs> and you got to you got to go do that Bible study. You got to go do that. And it's like, of course, like having a heart to serve is wonderful. And there are needs to be met. But it's like if you don't have that self-care, right, if, you, if you're not being fed by God, by the Holy Spirit, by his word, then what what are you doing? You know, and I mean, I've experienced that myself 
Um, but it's, it is so refreshing just to hear about your your journey, including that that healing, you know, time. And I don't know if you had more you were going to share um, in terms of how you got to your story, but but if so, please please continue. No, it's a it's an ongoing journey. I'm yeah. you know I'm we're smack in the middle of it. I, it's become um, a safe place. It's become an adventure. It's mm-hmm. become it's it's exciting. Um, yeah. The way. God has revealed himself and the way I'm experiencing him now is mm. um, refreshing and brings joy and and I think the biggest thing for me is that has changed is going from awareness of my weaknesses mm. but not being shamed in them mm. not letting wow. not being accused in it that I can see those weaknesses I can see my critical nature. I can see how I can be judgmental. I can see how I can just want to pull the covers over my head and hide sometimes, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can bring God into those times Mm. and let him grow me up, let him Mm. change me. But it's not from a place of shame. Mm. It's become a place of I need to bring this to you because you're the only one who can, can change this. Yeah, I can't change it myself. I can't white knuckle through, huh. you know. Right. Um, and I was just thinking about that today. There are these two phrases that were in my mind. I don't know where they came from. I was thinking it must have been like in my whatever day to day I was doing. Um, just this idea that like we're broken people. But also this idea that like I'm OK. <laughs> like I feel like. It, sometimes it's hard to like reconcile those right and so like live in both of those places at the same time because right. if you're broken then you're not okay that's how some people would would view it and that's how the world you know often speaks and that's often how some in the church speak mm-hmm. you know what i mean but understanding like because of god's love and god's grace and the fact that god is my father and wants to heal me mm-hmm. that's why i'm okay and yes, I am broken, but like through him, I can be something more like that is whew, that's intense. <laughs> but I was just just thinking about that earlier. And it's learning to live in that tension. That's a, a mm-hmm. kind of a phrase we've really locked onto lately is there's a tension of learning to live in that brokenness. I'm not completely healed mm-hmm. yet. I'm a work in progress. Yeah. And that's OK. Right. God knows that. Mm-hmm. this isn't outside of his he's not looking at me going why haven't you figured this out yet girl mm-hmm. you know <laughs> yeah. why aren't you on the spot and doing all these wonderful things for me all day long you know it's mm-hmm. just I think at, at one time mm. the pressure there was pressure to live in that space yeah. that after I got up from the waters of baptism mm-hmm. I was a new creation, right? Yeah. I was cleansed. So mm-hmm. when you start having those old behaviors or old responses to familiar circumstances that might be challenging or conflicts or whatever, it's, mm-hmm. you know, we think there's something wrong with us if I'm responding in the way that I used to respond. But I never did the work to figure out why. Mm-hmm was I was responding. What's the transformative work that God needs to come in and do now that I've been gifted with his Holy Spirit in me, 
that can work in me that I didn't have mm-hmm. before I went into the waters of baptism, yes. right? Mm-hmm. But I come up and now I have it. Now God's transforming work can really be done mm. to bring me back to the little precious Lindsay that he created yeah. when he knit me together yeah. in my mother's womb. Absolutely. Who is that mm. little girl? You know, I want to be brought back to her. That's, and, and God delights in that. Right. Wow. And receiving God's delight. And I mean, you were talking about, you know, how we have to knuckle it through sometimes and push through. We can't, we can't give to others what we haven't received. Mm-hmm. Totally. We just can't. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And I think a lot of us struggle with that, figuring out how to constantly white knuckle and it's mm-hmm. become a real burden yeah. um, to just constantly give and not learn how to receive mm. from God and be filled up by God with God's delight, with God's joy, with God's freedom. And, and doing some of this, coming to some of this awareness and has, has helped me understand what Jesus' easy yoke is. Mm. And what freedom in Christ is. Yeah. It's not me having to figure out how to how to do it and transform myself. Mm-hmm. Wow. But to surrendering to God yeah. and letting him do the work. Mm. Amen. Yeah, thanks again. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Jim, do you want to uh wow. to follow that? <laughs> you know, and I offered to let her go first. That yeah. was the first mistake <laughs> to uh follow that. Sorry. Um I'll I'll um I grew up in a religious home, but mm-hmm. um, also a, a, a lot of trauma, violence, mm-hmm. um, alcoholism. So yeah. our family looked great from the outside, um, but what was going on uh, on the inside was was not good at all. It was I've I didn't even know what the word trauma meant until we went to uh, the Restoration of the Heart in Colorado Springs with John Eldridge and mm-hmm. Dan Allender. But um, I know that. Uh, what I looking back on it now, I what the one of the constants always in my life was my sister Debbie Wright. Mm. She, I remember um, after she became a Christian, um, there'd be fights going on between my mom and dad, and they'd be drunk, or my dad would be drunk, and I'd go into Debbie's room, and she'd be on her knees praying. Mm. And so, I think. Um, in spite of uh, everything that m- me and my younger brother were going through, and and my sister, uh, that Debbie's um, just faithfulness to God um, was the thing that kind of carried me along. Um, so I I grew up very religious, but I started going to the Church of Christ, and I'll say I'll say I started going to the Church of Christ in uh, in 1980 because I I was baptized. Um, and, and then two other times I was baptized after that. And part of that was really where we've come to see that um, I, I had this idea that once I was baptized that, you know, everything would change. Uh, sometimes I think that scripture on all things are new. We really need to look at how we're using that scripture because I think mm. there are things that um, do not, um, I mean, it's magical thinking to think that when we're baptized, that all the old habits, the dispositions, the attitudes, and all that go away. So I really struggled through 
really through the 80s, um, started drinking and um, and I wasn't drinking every day, but every time I couldn't predict mm. with 100 percent certainty what would happen if I started drinking. I may drink for days. I may not drink for a month. Mm. But once I started, so uh, really there weren't, you know, a lot. Nobody really knew what to do with me. <laughs> yeah. So they put me on a bus to New York City because there was a chemical. We called it chemical dependency back then group. Um, that had been started mm. um, really with the vision of, of Steve and Lisa Johnson. Um, and and so I got involved in that. When I finally made it to the first meeting, I realized that this is where I needed to be. Mm. And so um, some some hard things, but I, uh, I stopped drinking, went into recovery, uh, got some measure of healing there, um, and, but kind of... Um, it was a very long process. There were still much, a lot of character things that came out later that needed to be dealt with. Um, and, and so um, I, was, I was finally baptized for the third time. Mm-hmm. And, um, but a lot of work before that as far as repentance and what that meant and being um, uh, tr- more transparent, more honest uh, about all, you know, whatever was going on in my life. I remember having a conversation with somebody this week that uh, said, yeah, I was, I was confessing lies all the way to, the, to being baptized because there were lies that I didn't even realize I had told. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were coming up and I wanted to get those out, you know, and be transparent. So yeah. um, I think that was, that was huge. Um, mm-hmm. We got married in 1990. We um, had all our children in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, moved back down here, as Lindsay said. And there was a, I was, I was traveling, um, doing some workshops, uh, iPad workshops, and I was traveling and I was listening to an old gospel song by uh, B.J. Thomas and it, and part of the words are, I want to be like Jesus. And I just thought, it's been a long time since I, that really phrased, I want to be like Jesus. I want to be a good father. I want to be a good mm-hmm. disciple. Mm-hmm. I want to be, you know, I want to work hard. Yeah. I want to be a good provider, but as far as really being like Jesus. So I felt like I needed to camp out there. And um, what I came to realize is that there were lots of broken pieces in me mm-hmm. that needed healing, that I, I didn't really love God the way I wanted to, mm-hmm. that it wasn't that kind of engagement with God. Yeah. So I started looking at um, different ways of, of spiritual healing. And at the time, at least in our you know, denomination, there wasn't really, people weren't really talking about healing, um, either spiritual, emotional, or even yeah. physical. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I went back to, to the only place I knew anybody had talked about it, and that was John Eldridge. And I'd read mm-hmm. some of his stuff. And I really went after, went after that, tried to listen to, watch video, read books, whatever. Yeah. So I ended up um, with a great therapist, Christian therapist, and um, I told him I wanted to, you know, deal with that and do healing prayer. And, mm-hmm. you know, we joked that I was the first client that ever told him how he wanted the therapy should go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> but he went with it. He was, a, you know, really uh, a great fan of, of Eldridge and, and some of the mm-hmm. stuff that he had done. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then when we were in Colorado Springs, the, f- the first time I heard um, uh John Eldridge referred to Dallas Willard, which has become a mm-hmm. huge fan. Uh, we've become huge oh, yeah. fans of. 
and um, and so reading reading his about spiritual formation, mm-hmm. which is just another word for you know spiritual maturity or um, transformation or whatever, however you want to call it, mm-hmm. but spiritual formation, and and that's where we really started finding out some other resources. Uh, one of them, and I, and I know we gave you a, a picture of um, the Christ Stages map. Yeah. Um, that um, that we can that we'd love to talk about a little Absolutely. bit more. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to to talking about the stages and um, just thank you so much for for sharing. Uh, again, you know it's crazy because I've known you my whole life, <laughs> you know? um, and uh, but man, we we've been in different places. And, you know, experienced a lot of different things. And um, but hearing what, what you're saying about just the need for healing and the fact that that wasn't talked about very much. Um, I don't think it's unique to, you know, our our fellowship. I mean, I think in in the Christian world and I'm trying to I'm kind of speculating, but you wonder like, OK, well, why not? You know, like why wasn't healing being talked about because people go through stuff and I mean all the time some it's a crazy world it's a dark world um, there's some really evil forces at play and so we know people are hurt um, and I feel like growing up you know in you know, the faith tradition that, that I was a part of it was kind of like emphasize just this idea of like rejoice in the Lord always you know like I will say it again rejoice and and this is good news you know like the gospel is good news and Jesus died for your sins and now like you have a new life and like everything's great um and that is true like you know everything is great in one sense (laughs) you know because we do have forgiveness and we have eternal life and we have a hope that can never perish spoil or fade I mean there's verse after verse but yet we know what the first century church was like. You know? <laughs> so at the, at, at the same time that we're saying, like, rejoice in the Lord always, like, we know that Paul is in prison. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, at the same time, we have this hope that will never perish, spoil, or fade. Like, we know that Christians are being killed on the regular. You know what I mean? Um, and I think about Jesus and, you know, we, we're in the Gospels like as, throughout this time where we're, we're hearing about, like, all this wonderful stuff, but that... Jesus wept, you know, G- Jesus had to get away. He's like telling his disciples, like, let's just go to a solitary place right now. You know what I mean? He's finding out that his own cousin has been beheaded. You know what I mean? Like, and so I think maybe it's just this underemphasis of one thing and an overemphasis of another. And sometimes it's people just kind of wanting to be like a glass half full kind of person. I don't know. But I feel like all of this can just play into this culture that neglects a lot of these really important truths. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I feel like you guys, you know, are really just you, you, you've helped me and you've helped so many of people that, that I'm close to, that I love uh, dealing with their trauma, dealing with their, you know, whether it's, you know, spiritual, mental, whether it's, you know, different kinds. Right. Um, it's just so needed. And just so thank you so much. Sure. Well, to to just, you know, talk a little bit more about healing. I think um, that, you know, our our family of churches or our, you know, our faith tradition, just like most evangelical mm-hmm. denominations, 
can stress the atonement of the mm-hmm. forgiveness of sins mm-hmm. yeah. as being the gospel or the the complete gospel when mm-hmm. and I love the title of your you know your podcast here is because mm-hmm. it's about the kingdom right. I mean Jesus yes. Jesus's gospel was the king I'm opening mm-hmm. up the kingdom you can come right on in right and I think the idea that one of the things that we've come around is is that sure um, that first part is confidence in Christ but but in mm-hmm. the help and discipleship part, which is, you know, at two mm-hmm. o'clock on that um, yeah. picture, that that's that's really about learning how to live in the kingdom of God. And of mm-hmm. course, mm-hmm. I think we've probably figured out that the church is not the kingdom of God. Right. Uh, it can be a manifestation mm-hmm. of the kingdom of God, but Hopefully it's not, it is, it's not right? the same thing. Right. <laughs> right exactly. <laughs> so. Um, so really learning um, how to the help and discipleship is about um, learning how to live by the resources of the kingdom of God instead of our own willpower. Mm-hmm. Because if we have this idea that we come out of baptism is, OK, that I've got the Holy Spirit now and I can overcome any sin just by right. willpower because he's going to make my willpower stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that's maybe why peop- a lot of people walk away quickly because they don't, we we haven't done a good job training them with yeah. all the spiritual disciplines, not just Bible study and a certain kind of prayer, mm-hmm. but but really learning how to um, practice silence and solitude. And you mm-hmm. start off very small time, really short periods, yeah. because we're not used to it. We're not used to completely being. Mm-hmm. cut off from our devices and, and life and kids and, right. you know, all that stuff. But but learning how to really hear God mm-hmm. and, and the spiritual disciplines, there's nothing righteous about them except that they make room for God. Mm. And that's, mm-hmm. where the, that's where the transformation really starts to happen. Yeah, so can you kind of take me through the the Christ stages map um, and just kind of explain how that works and, and how you're supposed to apply it and love to hear all about it. Do you want to do you want to take that or? No, you go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, confidence in Christ, that's where you really mm-hmm. come to place your confidence in Christ. And we know that mm-hmm. um, when we when we're baptized, we're asking Christ to to wash away our sins and to be, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But in the help and discipleship part, I think what's important is, is to really figure out what it looks like um, when you're helping someone, when you're discipling them. Hmm. And, and a word that, I, that I've, I've kind of camped down on because I think it gives a better visual of discipleship is apprenticeship. Yeah. Right? So if we, totally. think of, uh, if we think of someone that learns how to lay brick 
Mm-hmm. They, they apprentice or electrician, they apprentice right. with someone who knows how to do that and mm-hmm. can see what they're doing to build or, or to, to really have that, to learn that trade. So I think in discipleship, it's really important that we, we learn how to help someone look at their life and then maybe introduce some spiritual disciplines. But the, the primary one of getting them to really get used to hearing from God. Of mm-hmm. course, God's not going to say anything. It's not in the scriptures right. or that's taught from that. But mm-hmm. to, to really begin to listen right. to God and, and see maybe, you know, maybe I need to practice silence here instead of running my mouth all the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to go and spend a half an hour or an hour in solitude. Yeah. Because it's in solitude, we really figure out that we're never alone mm-hmm. because that's where God can meet us because he's not going to, he doesn't yell, right. you know, yeah. he waits, he waits until we're in a place where we can really hear him. Yeah, and if, man, it's, like, it's such a, like a foreign like concept in, in so many ways, you know, and, and we had, as you know, Jeff on the first episode, you know, talking about listening for God and, and just this idea that oftentimes when we're taught to pray, you know, it's just like, start talking. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, as I lay me down to sleep and, you know, all the different things that, that we kind of grow up on, um, you know, but just kind of understanding uh, just that, that just being being in the presence of God and listening for his voice is such a powerful thing. Um, and, and I don't know how we how we missed it. I mean, maybe it's the English word, you know, like I pray you. You know, right. maybe something was kind of lost in translation or something like that. Uh, but no, but that's awesome. And, and it's helped me uh, so much as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we've had prayer mean one thing. It's all our asks, yeah. either on our behalf or on the behalf of others, you know. Um, but to realize that there's prayer is can be expressed in many different ways. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've I've learned that I shouldn't just give a to do list to God. Right. Like maybe He has more in hand, you know, mm-hmm. than yeah. I do. Right. So, um, not that we shouldn't present our requests, but I think mm-hmm. that as we settle into to really wanting to hear Him more, that I think sometimes we even ask for different things. Mm-hmm. You know, I think yes. my my prayer for for most people as well as myself is to be more attuned yeah. to God. Mm-hmm. Totally. Because that's that's where the the good stuff is, mm-hmm. you know, that you can really uh, begin to uh, it, it actually that kind of prayer actually transforms even your perspective of God, because it you're you're realizing how good he is, not just from what he does for us, but in mm-hmm. himself yeah. is his goodness. Right. So I think, you know, that part and there's lots of resources for that would mm-hmm. maybe help us. There's. Richard Foster's Celebration of Discipline, there's Spirit of the Disciplines, but to really understand what the the spiritual disciplines are about and how to use them in a positive way. Yeah, I remember, um, I think it's Dallas Willard, when I read uh, Spirit of the Disciplines, which is just like mind-blowing, I was like, who is this guy? Um, he talks about like, 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 a, like an athlete. Right. Right. Um, and, and to think, you know, you see this like star athlete and you're just like, I want to do what that what that person is doing. Mm-hmm. And you just like go out onto the field without having prepared. Like that's preposterous. Right. Like no one no one's going to do that. But just understanding to prepare the way that Jesus prepared, right. you know, that I mean, you can't just you can't just go and be like like I'm just going to go be like Jesus. 
Um, what would Jesus do? Like, these are helpful questions, right? But at the same time, man, to, to understand the, like for decades, the kind of life that he lived leading up to where we meet him in the gospels doing his ministry. Right. I mean, it can't even be like quantified. Right. Um, and so trying to, to follow him in that has been, been so key. Right. So I, I, I think what you hit on there, Chase, is so great because it's it's really training over trying. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that there's not effort involved, mm-hmm. but it's more training. And like the the athlete that you were talking about, yeah. you know, that that ace baseball player, that ace pitcher mm-hmm. doesn't just pitch in his training. Right. He does a lot of other things mm-hmm. so that it, he can call on the character mm-hmm. that's happened in training when he needs to so yeah. he can call on those things and it will be available to him mm-hmm. at that time and i think you know in our lives we we think that we can just through our willpower or even our good heart that mm-hmm. we can somehow not give in to temptation just out of willpower and right. willpower will only take you so far it will take you some mm-hmm. but it, it's not part of transformation yeah. uh, transformation is that that you you really live in that easy yoke that Jesus talks mm-hmm. about, that it really is easy. Now, getting in the yoke, that's mm-hmm. the difficult part. That's the training, right? Yes, totally. But once you're in the yoke, then you can begin to walk with Jesus that way, like you were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. So um, to keep going down this, this Christ stages map, right. the responsibilities and ministry and honey, I'm going to get you to talk about the inner journey and all that next. But um, the responsibilities in ministry, I think this is um, it's out of a good heart. I mean, when you're uh, when you're um, so uh, grateful for your salvation, that your sins have been forgiven and stuff. This is the, this is the time where you really begin to serve you. Yeah, yeah. You're serving people. You're studying the Bible with people. You're sharing your faith mm-hmm. in all of that. And a lot of that is. Um, just out of a out of a good heart but mm-hmm. at at some point what we found is that you you kind of reach the end of what you can do on your own and it's mm-hmm. not it's not out of a bad heart but it just means that you um that you're limited right. in what you can do and and this is where people get burned out mm-hmm. and are um are starting to really lose the the fire lose the enthusiasm and all of that. Mm. And so I think, uh, you know, um, our family of churches, as well as most evangelical denominations, what they what we've done is we've pushed people back up to, aren't you grateful? Do you know, share your faith more, read your Bible more, pray more, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff like what you did at the beginning. And and it mm. doesn't it may it may give you a little spurt. But mm. um, but really something else is is going on. And this is where. We think uh, we're in the Christ stages map here that is where the wall yeah. is. And so mm. there's lots of different kinds of walls. Mm. But um, why don't you mm. talk about this? Yeah, lots of different kinds of walls. It's this responsibilities in ministry. Like I had shared when, when we moved here, it was like, I don't, I just need, I don't need to be needed. I don't want to be needed. Um, right. And getting to the place of, is this all there is? Um, mm. That was a wall and um one of the things with this christ stages uh this is we've got this from a book called um, journey of the soul it's by bill and christy galtier um Mm -hmm. we've gotten to know them and have participated in their uh soul shepherding 
um, spiritual direction course and uh, spiritual formation retreats and Mm. it's they have been they've done an amazing work Mm. Um, and this has been I've been so grateful for this because it gave me language Mm. for what I had been experiencing Mm. and it was very validating Um, as Jim said my uh, my experience if I got to a place of a bit of a faith crisis and stuff was mm-hmm. getting kicked back into, you know, read your Bible more. Yeah. Why aren't you trusting God? More accusation and shame kind mm-hmm. of coming at me. There must be some kind of hidden sin going on. What you yeah. know when that it can sometimes go to a deep place that can be very um, discouraging. Mm. And so the self reflection becomes: What am I doing wrong? I must be doing something wrong. This feels hard. God, where are you? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in reading this and getting this language that this wall is, then, then like Jim shared, there can be many kinds of walls. Sometimes, you know, unexpected tragedies happen, and we're, we're just in, it's a season of mourning, um, grief, yeah. loss that is born out of just tragedy and nothing that we've done, you know, those can be very hard seasons, hard things to walk through um, mm-hmm. and hard times to find God in, you know. Um, but sometimes in terms for me, it was a, a bit of a crisis of faith. Of like, I don't, I don't know where you are. I don't know who you are. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to keep doing this. Right. This is not bringing me life. Um, mm-hmm. So coming up against that kind of a wall, having this language was like, okay, this is something God is trying to bring me deeper Mm. into Mm -hmm. deeper intimacy with him to dig down and find him. He's there. He won't leave us. He won't forsake us. Mm. Right? Right. He's there. So how do I find him when I don't feel him Mm. present? Yeah. so having that, um, giving myself that permission right. to go, okay, I'm going to go and find out who God is for me. When I hit that time of, God, you're not safe, yeah. I did not realize at that time that was my starting, going through the wall and starting on an inner journey. Mm-hmm. So as you go to responsibilities and ministry on this on this. Um, diagram it says it has the yeah. wall the wall can be like we said in different places but here mm-hmm. um the wall leads you into an inner journey mm-hmm. you know yeah some of us just keep hitting the wall right <laughs> you know and if i could interject here um in the responses and when you're going um through the wall and in, in the inner journey Sometimes you need to step back from your responsibilities in ministry. That's part. Yeah. Um, that's part of it. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah. yeah so totally. if you want to see, for those of you listening on the podcast, if you want to see in the show notes, you'll be able to access the the diagram and kind of see what we're talking about. But it's fascinating. I mean, to, in, in this understanding that that it's a it's a cycle, right? So you, you talked about the wall, and then and then now is is the inner journey. Yeah. So. And it's not, it's not necessarily a, I have to go through confidence in Christ to get to help in discipleship. It's not a linear or even cyclical. It's more of a cylinder. You mm. can go back and forth to these things. Gotcha. Because for me, going into an inner journey really put me back into the confidence in Christ 
stage mm-hmm. because at that mm-hmm. point I was really learning who God was for me. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. So it, it took me back into that oh. confidence in Christ stage. So it was mm-hmm. a deepening in my understanding of God. It mm-hmm. was a deepening in my being able to identify as his beloved daughter my being able to receive the fact that God delights in me. Mm. Me having that language for myself was completely foreign. Mm. There was not a lot of delight, you know. Um, yeah. I st- I'm one, there you talk about people are excused or they're accused. And I, mm-hmm. I'm a guilty, I'm an accused. Yeah. I, you know, so that those negative tapes yeah. keep playing. Um, so that inner journey was a time for me to go back to that confidence of Christ stage and uh, reform, rebuild, restore a right relationship with God and be able to change my identity in how I knew that God see me, saw me, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, and then going, even going back around to helping discipleships, putting in some of these practices, kind of stepping out of the, I didn't want to read my Bible. Mm. It got really hard to read my Bible. There were scriptures that I heard in a certain way that I was like, I don't want to read this. So going to some more, some of the contemplative practices, um, Mm -hmm. Bible meditation, we call it Lexio Divina. We call it Bible meditation, whatever you want to call it. But learning to be still and listen to a scripture ask some questions, being able to use my imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some times of that were surprising that I got some things, I received some mm-hmm. things from God through some of those meditations that were incredibly healing. And yeah. it wasn't like it took this long, um, mm-hmm. you know, hard effort, but right. it was really just if you, putting myself in a place of surrendering to letting God do the work, mm-hmm. listening for God. Yeah. And then hearing him in the right. scriptures that brought them to life in incredibly new ways mm-hmm. that were refreshing and like, yeah. oh my gosh. think about these times in scripture you know where like people do like some really extreme effort to like get to jesus mm-hmm. you know what i mean yep. like friends carrying their their friend on a mat oh, yep. oh you know it's a woman pushing through the crowd right right but then when it comes down to it like jesus just like heals with a word yeah you know what i mean <laughs> and it's like all that you did like sure but like the real power right is coming from him and i think what you're describing just makes me think of the fact that you know jesus has gone away and said he's sending the counselor yeah right and so it's like 
how can we be changed? How can we be transformed? How can we be healed? How can we grow? It's going to be through the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. And I think that's another thing that's been underemphasized, yep. you know, so much. And at least for me, in my faith tradition is the role of the Holy Spirit. Oh, yes. It seems like all of this is so connected to the work of the Holy Spirit, yeah. being able to, to do that work in us, which again, it's like, there's nothing more biblical than that. But it's so hard. I know, just this like grit your teeth and try harder <laughs> is just, I guess it's just human nature, you know what I'm saying? But but wow, now that's, that's powerful. Well, we're so, we can be so wounded and mm-hmm. the only safe place has been when we've been in control of things. Yeah. When we have thought we're in control of things. <laughs> mm-hmm. So to think about, like for me to think, I love the word, you know, I don't know about anybody else, but sometimes that word submission can just make me, you know, give me twinges, <laughs> you know. So um, there was a book that we had read uh, um, by David Benner called Surrender to Love. Mm-hmm. Amazing book. Mm life-changing for me in terms of what it means to receive God's love but he used the word consent Mm. he used Mm -hmm. the word in consenting to give God permission give the spirit permission to come and do the work for some reason just making that shift in language for me Mm -hmm. gave it a new okay consent gives me a sense of having some control because yes. I'm allowing, I'm saying, yes, I give you my consent to, mm-hmm. you know, when many times the option of me saying yes or no to something was taken away. Yeah. So the idea of I can give my consent to the spirit doing this work mm-hmm. a little bit easier yeah. to go, okay, I trust God. I, I trust God's goodness. Mm-hmm. Does it always feel like that? No. Sometimes it feels hard. Yeah, but I trust ultimately it's he's got good things for us. Um, yeah. So that word helps me thinking about giving the spirit consent to come in, and that's what you're doing when you're. For me, when I'm thinking about sitting and being still and meditating on God's word, I am opening myself and giving consent to God showing me something. I don't always get something. Sometimes it's just a peaceful time of being in His word. More often than not, it's something surprising that I would no, not have thought of myself, mm-hmm. you yes. know, um, and I've loved it. Yeah. It's just hmm. brought the scriptures to life. I mean, when you were talking about all the things that people did and, and it's ultimately Jesus, one of the, the healings that I resonate with the most is the woman who was um, bleeding for 12 years yeah. and was it at the end of her rope and had spent all her money and all she does is touch mm-hmm. the hem of his cloak, yeah. and she's healed. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say, do anything. Right. She just mm-hmm. fights through the crowd yeah. and touches the hem of his cloak. But he feels power go out of him, and he calls her out. Mm-hmm. But he says, daughter. Yeah. You know? Um, wow. So he restores her in so many ways. From acknowledging her, he could have kept walking. Hmm. Been like, wow, somebody had faith to just touch my cloak and yeah. knew that that would heal them. Good mm-hmm. for them. Right. You know, but no. Yeah. He stops. He calls her out. 
acknowledges her, receives her, calls her daughter. Mm. You know? Yeah. There's so much oh, gosh, that's yeah. going on there that I just, I mean, I love that. Yeah, and it's, it's amazing how Jesus has something different for every person, right? That he, right. he meets, you know, obviously the way he treats a Pharisee or the way he treats like the rich young man or the way yep. he treats a, a demon-possessed person. I mean, he just knows, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And man, what you shared is so, so amazing. And so you'd say that's that's all kind of, that was part of the inner journey for you. Yeah, I, I that's part of the inner journey. Um, when you go through according to their cycle, going through the inner journey has helped me to experience God in deeper ways. And so that moves us to a spirit-led ministry. So instead of working, doing responsibilities in ministry and serving for God, now it becomes, I am working with God. I am practicing being attuned to what God is doing, and not just in my life, but with my friends, with other people, what is God doing in their lives and working with God, joining God in what he's doing, Yeah, the work Absolutely. that he's doing. It's not my responsibility yeah. to fix things. It's my job to join people on their journey where they're at mm-hmm. and help attune to God in what he's doing in their life. Yes, you know, absolutely. so it's, it's not a one way that's definitely, and I think we know this, it's not a one size fits all. Everybody's in different right. places. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is giving, having the, giving the grace, the permission to just mm-hmm. join somebody where they're at right. yeah. and help, help them experience God right. where they are, not where I am or where I think they should be or anything like that. I mean, yeah, you know. and it's like it's such an intuitive thing. Like, of course, they are where they are. Like anything they experience is going to be where they are. It's yeah. Because <laughs> we just have these like expectations, you know, that we put on people, right. that we put on ourselves to be somewhere where we're not, you right. know, be someone who we're not. And it's just like, who's telling you you have to be in that place? Right. Or yeah. be that person. Like you're you, you're where you at. God wants to take you someplace even better. You yeah. know what I mean? But he's going to take you there. Yeah, uh, it's starting to click for me. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, really that's, you know, where we're at right now is um, really learning what it looks like to have a spirit-led ministry. And, mm-hmm. you know, if people are looking at the picture right now, if you go back to the wall, I, I say, yeah, we're, we're building a welcome station at the wall. So <laughs> yeah. welcome to the wall. Can we help you through this? That's really where we see our ministry going forward. Yep. Um, is and in the you know in the inner journey people might that might be a good time to find a spiritual director and if you don't know what a spiritual director is there's going to be notes in the mm-hmm. in the show notes where you can go and find out what that is yeah. um, and then also may it might be a time to to seek some therapy or seek some mm-hmm. pastoral counseling or mm-hmm. something like that um, but I, I we we love what we're doing right now with Lindsay mentioned uh, soul shepherding. And we went through their two-year program um, of spiritual direction as well as uh, four institute retreats. Um, so we went through that, and and so we are spiritual directors, which kind of tracks us up. Congratulations! So, yeah. so, um, but um, and now we're help we're assisting them in the institute, which is a series of four retreats um, here uh, in the in Atlanta. Uh, in, in the Atlanta area. So 
Um, so we're are in, in all of Georgia or East Coast. We've got people coming from all over the place for that. So we've done three. Mm-hmm. We've got one more retreat to do with that. But mm-hmm. that's where we um, where we think about looking forward. We're not we're trying not to get too far ahead, but we we like the idea of taking people on retreat because that's th- those are places where you can try out some of the practices. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, doing things with Lexio Divina, which when Lindsay was talking about where you really can use your imagination in those scriptures, those healing, mm-hmm. those narrative pa- um, passages mm-hmm. with Jesus. Um, and so that's, you know, that's where we really find um, ourselves right now. So It's been a life-giving place. It really is. Yeah. Because it's really a facilitation instead of responsibility for people to experience something. Right. Yes. You know? It's really mm-hmm. an offering and an invitation. Here are some things you can try mm-hmm. for where you are. And, and like I, I think I shared before, having this language mm-hmm. made this okay. You know, yeah. it made this, it made it make sense. It gave me words to go, okay, this is, I'm not crazy. I'm not being mm-hmm. faithless. I'm not, not trusting God. I'm not, right. but this is just part of a deepening mm-hmm. um, and to learn to be in a place to offer that to other people, to offer that kind of healing, to give people that kind of language and validation that you're okay. You're just in in a hard spot. You've been through a tough spot, whatever. It may be that, um, you know, can we join you Mm -hmm. on your journey? Yeah, wow, that's incredible. And I know that it's so needed. I feel like, um, you know, it's being talked about more. Mm-hmm. The, the need for, for this type of, you know, self-care and, and, and healing and, and really letting God, you know, do this work in us. I mean, recovering from things. I, I know that, uh, that Bema, Marty Solomon's doing a series yeah. on, you know, he did a series on spiritual abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people are talking about this this podcast, uh, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, mm-hmm. um, which I just finished, which is intense. It's, you know, it's this c- cautionary tale. I mean, it's this reporting on this this megachurch that was just, it was go, go, go. It was a very, like, aggressive, like, we got to do this, like, you got to do better. And it crumbled. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, because I think people were hitting that wall. You know, and there was no, there was nothing beyond that. You know, and so right. fortunately, God did work in that in those situations and were able to bring many people through that, you know, with mm-hmm. help of, of counselors and, and other things. But a lot of people have left their faith. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I know we all know people who have left their faith because they, you know, for whatever reason, th- their view of God got so distorted where they just didn't see a healthy way forward a safe way forward um and i know i've had conversations with you about you know traumas you know that i experienced and i mean people were well-meaning sure you know like people they wanted to please god they wanted to save souls they knew there were needs to be met and they you know put expectations on me they gave me whatever responsibilities um and it it wasn't this this evil you know thing they were trying to do to me or something like that um, and as so often is the case, right? People have these good intentions, but um, man, the the enemy can take even the littlest thing, yep. right? And just do all kinds of damage. And, and I feel like now 
people are finally at this place and, and people like you and, and so many others are just helping people understand um, that there is a better way. Right. You know what I mean? And, and that God wants to meet you in that trauma. Yeah. He wants to meet you at that wall, yeah. you know, with your welcome station, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and bring us through. Right. You know, you know what I've one of the most encouraging things. And mm-hmm. I think one of the things that has helped shape my perspective of God and changed it is that even in, you know, with with the spiritual abuses that we've, you know, maybe um, seen in our family of churches, even in the Mars Hill thing, um, in the in the traumas in in my childhood trauma and all of that, that. God can redeem anything. Mm-hmm. You know, he can redeem anything. And that that tells me more about God. You know, in Romans 8, 28, it doesn't say all things are good. It says right. that all things can work to the good, that yeah. God can do that. So right. he can throw all of that yes. right back in the enemy's face. Oh, my goodness. And say, look what I did with that. Yeah. You know, oh, look, that's amazing. look what I did. There's, you know, the, at the end of the book of Genesis, when um, uh, his brothers, uh, Joseph's brothers, you know, had betrayed him and, and, and they came and, and he says, what you intended for evil, God has brought about good. Right. And I heard some commentator or scholar said, like, you know, some people think the entire story of the Bible can be summed up with that verse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like what you, what humans intended for evil, God has made for the good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Such a powerful thing. And I think, you know, some of the things that you're you're talking about, too, is, well, I guess I had another comment that just um, just gra- gratitude for the forgiveness of our sins, for the atonement and all of that, that that is not sufficient Mm-hmm. to to for you to run your life on forever uh, eventually it, you will come yeah. to the end of that mm-hmm. and so the idea of learning how to really live like Jesus did yes. i mean our lives lie before us yes not behind us mm-hmm. i mean right. i'm 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 never going to experience death mm-hmm. like other people right. might you know, oh, I'm, it's, it's in front of us. So yeah. what we get out of this life, and this is from Dallas, that what we get out of this life is the people that we become mm-hmm. because our life is, in, is ahead of us. And yes. all those parables about reigning with God, mm-hmm. just bringing his goodness mm-hmm. into yeah. the universe. Right. You know, that's, that's why we, we want to invite people how to live in the kingdom by those resources mm-hmm. now because that's what causes transformation that's what causes settled character mm. that we can rely on on those times that we need. Yes. So awesome. You guys, thank you so much. I mean, this is this is amazing. I, I, I look forward to I need to read that book. I'd love to go on one of these you know, retreats with you um, because, I mean, there, I, I feel like there's a lot that needs to happen even just for me in in all of this you know and i feel like i've, I've started to like scratch the surface and, and hearing you guys and other conversations like some of that has, has started to happen in my life but I, i'm looking forward to to seeing more of that right. and i think hopefully many people who are watching and listening um, are resonating with that as well and so just thank you so much for just all the work that you are doing um, and the fact that you are wanting to share that with others Thing. it's amazing thanks for having us yes, this, has been, thank this you. has been a lot of fun awesome that's thank where you. the fun begins that's right yeah amen thanks jace
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kingdom Life Podcast. And so thankful for Jim and Lindsay just sharing their hearts, sharing so much about what they've learned about just the journey that God is taking them on. If you resonated with anything that was said today, if you relate or if you just want to learn more, there's a lot of info in the show notes here in the podcast and on the YouTube video in terms of how you can get in touch with Jim and Lindsay and access a lot of the resources that they referenced and that have really spoken to them. So uh, thanks so much for joining. We look forward to bringing you more episodes in the new year. We'll see you next time.